Amen. Thank you, Lord. He's faithful. Amen? All the time. All right. Hey, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 16. We're going to take a break from the gifts of the Spirit today, and uh, we'll pick that up again next week. Uh, But today, I wanted to focus in kind of a Mother's Day message. Here's the deal. Men, you don't get to check out this morning. If you're a man, raise your hand. Say, I'm, I'm still listening. I'm, I'm still going to listen. But we're going to look at three women who encountered God, okay? So we can, we can learn something when, when ladies encounter God. Um, there's, there's actually two ladies. We're going to look at three encounters of them being met by God. And I believe that the Lord is just wanting to, to minister. If you're in this situation this morning, whether you're a mother or not a mother, or, or whether you're a dude, um, I think God can speak to us from all these encounters with him. And so we're going to start with Hagar in Genesis and chapter 16. And uh, to set the stage here, does everybody remember who Hagar is? Most of you all have been in church a while, looks like. I don't see any guests here today, so I'm going to assume you know who Hagar is. Hagar is a servant of Abraham and Sarah. And she is the one who became the mother of Ishmael. And of course, this is, the, this is a time where, you know, Abraham and Sarah, they took God's promise into their hands. They, they, they decided that God needed a little bit of help. You know, sometimes God needs a little bit of help, right? We can help him along by, you know, you know making things happen that he wants to happen, right? Never turns out good, and this one doesn't necessarily turn out, turn out good either. But I want, you, I want you to think about Hagar, because, again, this is a totally different culture, totally different place. Um, you know, none of us are in the same situation as her. We might have felt the, some of the same things um, in a different context. But Hagar has no choice in the matter. You know that? I mean, she's a servant, and this is, this is the deal. Uh, and again, it's, it's kind of it's out there for us, because it, it's so far from our culture uh, it's, it's so far in another world. But basically, here's the deal. She didn't have a choice. I mean, they said, hey, you're with Abraham. You're, you're going to be the mother of the child. And wh- she doesn't get to say, I don't think so. She doesn't get to say, Abraham, I think you're ugly. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want to be close to you. None of the, she doesn't get a choice. Everything that happens to Hagar is chosen for her. She has no control. She doesn't have any control about what happens to her. So we're going to pick up the story. Here's what happens. We know, of course, that Abraham, Abraham, just I don't know what Abraham was thinking, but his wife says, hey, I'm not having kids, so here's somebody else. You're going to have kids through her. And Abraham says, yes, ma'am. Okay, that's pretty much what happens. He says, whatever you say, Sarah. Um, some, you know, sometimes it's not good to listen to your wife. Okay, no. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, I wanted to make sure you're awake there. excuse me so let's read the scripture let's read the account here uh 16 and we're going to pick up in verse 4 um and this is this is right what happened so abraham goes in he slept with hagar and she conceived and when she knew she, she was pregnant she began to despise her mistress in other words there was some there was some tension going on there okay i don't pretend to know you know women with women I don't want to say anything bad here. It's Mother's Day, right? 
But like problems between women and women are different between problems with men and women and men and men. There's just a different dynamic. That's all I know. I've exhausted my knowledge and I don't even want to get even close to getting in trouble here. But I mean, that's what that's what's going on here. This is a woman on woman thing. So those of you that are ladies, you understand what's going on here. Us men are like, okay. Um, so she began to despise her mistress. And then Sarai said to Abraham, you're, okay, this is, you're responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between me and you. So there's some issues going on here. And so Abraham, like any good man, says, I don't even know what's going on here. So he says, your servants in your hands do whatever you think is best. And so then it says, then Sarai, she didn't change her name to Sarah yet, excuse me. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar. And so Hagar fled from her. And so verse 7, it says, the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to Shur. And this is the angel of the Lord. Who's the angel of the Lord normally in the Old Testament? Anybody know? Jesus. It's an appearance of God. I mean, you can tell because most of the time when they say angel of the Lord, they end up worshiping or speaking to this person as the Lord. So most likely it's, it's God appearing in a human form. Who is that? Jesus. So the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring. And he said to her, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from? And where are you going? And she says, I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. And the angel of the Lord said also to her, you are now a child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your misery. He'll be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. And so she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. El Rohi. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That's why the well was called Bear Lahai Roy is still there between Kadesh and Berid. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave him the name Ishbel to the son she had born. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. You know, here's the deal. Hagar encountered, encountered, encountered the Lord. And you know what? I I believe this is a great picture of of God's compassion. Because Hagar, like I said, she had no choice. She had no choice in the matter. I mean, the things that happened to her, uh, she did what she was told. And then she got pregnant. And that caused some issues because there were some issues going on there. We'll just leave it at that. There was was tension between uh, the the master's wife and her. And so she runs away. And what happens is, you know, God meets her in that place. And he speaks to her. And she has an encounter with God that that changes her perspective. She has an encounter with God that changes her perspective of who God is. She has a revelation of God that God sees her. 
That God sees what's going on in her life. Even though she has no control over it, she, she, doesn't, she can't get out of the situation except by running. And God says, you go back there and I'm going to bless you. You know, there was, a, there, was a, there was a restoration of something that needed to happen in Hagar. And I believe it was the restoration of dignity. You know, she had lost her dignity. She, as a slave, basically, there was a lot of stuff that was already poured upon her. She probably had a low self-esteem. She probably didn't lift her head up when people talked to her. But there was a restoration of dignity in her life when she met God, when she met the Lord on the road, because she knew then that, hey, God sees me. God sees what's going on with me, and I'm different because of it. And so I don't know if you're in that place. I don't know if you've had an encounter. I don't know if you've been mistreated by somebody who's in authority. And that's really the sense I got this morning. That's the one thing. Again, I don't know if there may be one person in this room. Maybe the person who didn't show up on Mother's Day that was supposed to be here. I don't know. But if you have been mistreated by authority, then the word of the Lord to you is this. I see you. I see what's going on in your life. And you can trust me. What does she do? Look, in her case, the Lord tells her, go back and submit yourself. You have to hear the Lord in your case. I'm not telling anybody to go back and go back in an abusive situation. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, meet the Lord and hear what he has to say and know he's the one that sees you. And let him reveal himself as El Rohi. I'm the God who sees you. I see what's going on in your life. I see that mistreatment. I see those things that have been spoken of you. And I am there to meet, meet you in the midst of that. So that's number one. Number two, let's turn to Genesis 21. Maybe a short message here. Huh. Wouldn't that be something? That, that's your Mother's Day gift is a short message, okay? <laughs> I want us to look at Hagar again. Genesis 21. Yeah, I've never preached on Hagar before, so I'm excited about it. Hagar and Ishmael in verse... Uh, this is when Ishmael has been born... Don't you know, do you notice how, how far this hap, the first encounter happened before Isaac was born? It was 14 years. It says Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And then when is Isaac born? When Abraham's 100. So it says in verse, uh, Genesis 21, we're going to look at Hagar again. So I've got two, two encounters with God that Hagar has. So, very interesting. The child grew, verse 8, 21 and 8, says, The child grew and was weaned on the day, and on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. So Isaac has already been born, so this is about 14 years later. But Sarah, now, now it's Abraham and Sarah, their names have been changed by God. Uh, that's happened in the last, you know, several chapters. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had mourned to Abraham was, was mocking. And she said to Abraham, there's some tension again going on here, okay? Little, little woman tension going on here, okay? Get rid of that slave woman and her son. For that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. So again, there's, there's mistreatment, there's... You know, there, again, Ishmael is not in the right. I'm not saying he's in the right. And so, verse 11, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. I mean, think about that. Abraham still loved Ishmael. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't God's plan. That wasn't the way it was supposed to be. But that was still his son. And he'd had him for 14 years. 
I mean, his son was 14 years old. So they had survived life. I don't know if there's tension all the time, but they had survived life up until this point, existing uh, with the relationships that they had. And so Abraham was distressed. I mean, this is his son. You have to understand that this is him giving up one of his sons. But God said to him, God speaks to Abraham, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you. There's the word of the Lord to some of us husbands, right? Listen to whatever your wife tells you. (laughs) Because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also because he is your offspring. You know, Abraham was so blessed with the favor of God that even his sin got blessed. Can you imagine that? That's just incredible. I mean, he messed up and God says, because it's you, I'm going to bless him. That's the favor of God right there. That's free. So, 14, early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then he sent her off with a boy. Again, he's, he's sending his son off. He's sending his 14-year-old son off to never see him again. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone... She put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down nearby about a bow shot away. For she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there nearby, she began to sob. It says, verse 17, God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up and lived in the desert. He became an archer while he was living in the desert of Paran. His mother got a wife for him from Egypt. So here's, here's the second encounter that Hagar has with God. And here's what's, what's happening. She's, she's at a point in her life where she's wandering and she's lost hope. She's just wandering through life. It says she's wandering through the desert. There's no direction. There's no, there's no purpose. There's, there's nothing going on. There's just kind of a wandering. Just kind of a, I'm just going to wander through life. Some of us get stuck like that. You know what? We get, we get we're just wandering through life. We're just, we're just going through the motions. We're just... We don't even know where we're going. We don't, we don't have a, a goal that we're going to. We don't have a purpose that we're, that we're living for. It's like we just want to make it through the week. And there's only one solution. There has to be a restoration of hope. And there's not a restoration of hope unless there's a restoration of vision. Because what happens when God meets Hagar in this time? It says He opens her eyes. There's an opening of her eyes where she sees something that she couldn't see before. And when you're in that place, when you're in that place where there's just a wandering, what you need is fresh vision. You need a fresh vision from God to say, God, open my eyes to the things that are already here that I'm missing. You know, there was a spring of water right there. But she was ready to allow her son to die and herself to die and say, there's no more hope. But right there in the midst of her situation where she was without hope, the answer to her needs was right in front of her, but she couldn't see it. She had to have an opening of her eyes 
by the Lord. You know, we need some open eyes. Sometimes we need some fresh vision in our lives. We need a fresh vision for our family. We need a fresh vision for our job. We need a fresh vision for our ministry. We need a fresh vision for our future. God, we need to have our eyes open because without vision, there's no hope. If you have no vision for your life, you're, gonna, you're not going to have much hope for the future. But if you have a vision that says, hey, this is what God's doing in my life. This is what I see that's going on. This is what He's doing right now. And my eyes are open. Immediately, everything changes. Because then I can see, hey, look, here's what, I've, what God has provided. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. As we sang that song, it's like there was a revelation to Hagar. And I pray for a revelation for every single one of us in here. That we would know the provision of God. That we would see the well of water that's in front of us. That I would not wander through life and just kind of make it through. That I would be victorious because God sees me and He's opened my eyes. Doesn't it interesting? Hagar has two encounters and they both involve vision. Number one, first God reveals and says, I see you. And the second time God reveals and says, now you can see. And I think we need both. Sometimes we need the revelation that God, hey, God sees what's going on in my life. But I also need the revelation where God says, let me give you eyes to see what's going on. Let me give you vision. Let me give you fresh vision because then you have hope. If you have vision, you have hope. Because you can see, hey, there's something to live for. There's something to go for. There's something to strive for. There's something to fight for. So don't give up. I don't, I don't, I don't know if anybody's wanting to give up. Let's not give up. Let's not give up. There's situations we could give up. You know, we, we've let things go in our, in our relationships with our husband and wife. We've let things go in our relationship with our kids. We've just given up. We, we're just kind of like, it's there, I, you know. But God says, look, I want to give you a fresh vision. I want to give you insight to see, hey, there's still a well of water there. There's still some refreshment that could happen there. There's still some change that could happen there. Come on now. <laughs> just wanted to say that because Gary was here last week, so... Come on now. God is good. So man, I, I need a fresh vision sometimes. Sometimes these, we, we, get, we just get in life and we're just wandering. We're wandering in the desert. We're just, we're just going through the desert. All we want, and then there's like, I don't have any more water. There's, I don't have anything else. God, give us a fresh vision. Lord, give us fresh vision where we see, hey, look what's here. Sometimes we just don't see what's right in front of us. We don't see what God has already given us. Here's the third one. So I told you it could apply to men too. Ver, uh, let's go to the first part of Genesis 21. We're going to read about the birth of Isaac because I want to talk about Sarah. We're familiar with the story of Sarah. You know, that she was, uh, her and Abraham couldn't have kids. There was, you know, obviously, even in our day, there's a, that's, that's a hurtful thing. That's, that can be a very painful thing. That can, that can bring a stigma to, you know, kind of a, you know, there's unfulfilled expectation, there's unfulfilled dreams in people's lives, and that's exactly what Abraham and Sarah were living through. They lived through it, and, you know, it was kind of one of those even things where people, you know, those things that happen, and again, I'm not talking about just this issue, but there's, there's those things that happen where, you know, I'm sure there's people that didn't talk about certain things around them. You know, they were careful because they're like, oh, Abraham and Sarah, we know they can't have kids, so we don't want to say anything. We don't want to upset them and bring up that, that reminder of that thing in your life that hasn't happened that you want to happen. We all have those things, don't we? Don't we all have things that like, 
I wish there was this thing that happened in my life that just didn't happen the way, way I thought it should. I mean, there might still be hope or there might not be hope. It might be the chance has passed. And it's like, that's just not going to happen. It's an unfulfilled dream. It's a thing that we've had to lay at the altar and just say, God, I don't know why, but I'm just letting that go. And, you know, before this encounter, before, uh, excuse me, before Sarah has Isaac, of course, we're, we're on the other side. We're always on the other side of the Bible stories. We, see, we already know the end. So it's, it's sometimes hard to put ourselves in that place. But that was a long time waiting for Abraham and Sarah. It was a long time waiting. They were waiting a long time. So if you've waited a long time for something, then I encourage you, keep waiting on the Lord. They had a promise from God, and they had to wait a long, long time to see it happen. You know, they tried to make it happen themselves. They had things that showed up that said, hey, this, this is impossible. But, and then God shows up and says, hey, next year, this is in the previous chapter, uh, you know, hey, next year, Sarah, you're going to have a child. And what happens is she laughs, right? You know, Sarah, Sarah laughs. You know, Abraham has a visitation. It's another visitation of God. God's just visiting people like crazy in Genesis. I love it. But, you know, as a visitation, they say, hey, next time this year, Sarah, you're going to have a child. And then she hears it kind of in the distance and she laughs. And then God says, hey, you laughed. She said, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You tell God, no, you didn't know it. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And, it, and I love it. There's, the encounter is great. Yes, you did. <laughs> He's arguing with God. But she laughs. But I find it interesting that when the promise is fulfilled in, in, in 21, here's, here's what it says. 21, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Don't you love that? At the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave him the name Isaac. What does Isaac mean? Do you know? He laughs. Laughter. Isn't that funny? I mean, isn't that ironic? I mean, it's just... You know, it's, it's funny. God gives her the promise and she laughs. Not because she thinks it's going to happen, because she thinks it's impossible. Have you ever had God tell you something where you go, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, have you, have you ever had God tell you something like that? Where you just get the thought in your head, it just pops in your heart or your spirit, and you're just like, <laughs> that would be a good one, huh, God? But it doesn't matter our response. God's promise is true. His fa- he's faithful. So Abraham, Abraham gave him the name Isaac. So he said, we're just going to name this kid Laugh. He laughs. We, we just think it's funny. We just think it's, it's just fun. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Verse 6, And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Notice what it says to Sarah. I mean, in verse 6 there, it says, God has brought me laughter. You know, there's two different kinds of laughter in, in Sarah's life. There's the first laughter, which is the laughter of unbelief. It's the laughter of like, yeah, right. It's just kind of, it's so far out there that it's like, God, that's just funny. 
But then there's the laughter of joy. When God fulfills the promise, He restores Sarah's joy. Says that she's like, everyone who hears about this is going to laugh with me. In other words, there's, there's going to be something contagious about the promise of God. You know what? When the promise of God is fulfilled in our lives, it will bring joy to our hearts, but it's also going to bring joy to our hearts. It's going to be contagious. You know, it's, it's something that, that is meant to spread joy to the community, to those around them. You know what? Everybody was rejoicing when Sarah, you know, they might not have believed it. Like, how can this happen? This is unbelievable. This is a miracle. This is miraculous. This is not possible. But God did it. And we're filled with joy. And I believe there are sometimes we need a restoration of joy in our lives. We need a restoration of joy. We need the right kind of laugh going on. Sometimes all we're doing is laughing at like other oh, things. That we, yeah, that's not going to happen. And God says, look, I've made promises to you. I have spoken things into your life and my promise is true. And just like it says to Abraham, at the very time that God promised, it was fulfilled. But they had to wait a long time. I'm not here to tell you it's, not, it's going to be short. I'm not here to tell you it's going to be easy. I'm not here to tell you that you're not going to want to give up. I'm not here to tell you that you're not going to want to try to make it happen on your own. I'm not here to tell you that you're, there's not going to be a conflict going on between people close in your lives as you wait for this. But God is faithful to His Word. He will f- perform what He has said He will perform. So hold on to the promise that God has given you. I encourage you, hold on to the promise that God has given you. And I pray for those of you who have lost your joy, a restoration of joy. A restoration of joy. And so I believe there's three things that God, in these encounters with God, there's a restoration of dignity, a restoration of vision, and a restoration of joy. So here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to do that with some of us today. He gave me this message. This is out of nowhere. Haven't been thinking about Hagar or whatever. Haven't read the, the Genesis very recently at all. Early on in the year, I guess I did. But I believe that, that God, that for those of us who've experienced spiritual bar- barrenness, there's some of us who, it's not a physical thing, there's a spiritual barrenness. In other words, there's, there's, there's a lack of spiritual fruitfulness in my life. That's just like Sarah not being able to have kids. There's, there's something that's, that's in our life that is not allowing us to be fruitful and nothing seems to happen. So there's a spiritual barrenness. I believe that one of the ways God wants to restore that is, first of all, is He wants to restore joy. So if that's you, then, I, then I'm just believing that God is going to touch you this morning. The Holy Spirit's going to do that. If you've been mistreated, if you've been mistreated, especially by somebody in authority, there's somebody in authority in your life that has harmed you in some way. It could be a, a parent, could be a boss, could be, uh, could be a, a spiritual authority, could be a, a, a leader in the church, could be sometime way back when, and God says, hey, I'm going to, there's some dignity of yours that was taken. There's some, there's some things that you're holding on to because of that word that was spoken to you. And God says, I want to restore you today. I want you to know that I see you. I want you to know that I am there with you, that I am the God who sees. 
And if, they're, and if you're here, you're kind of wandering in the place of no hope. You're kind of like, I just don't have much vision. I just don't see. I'm just, I'm just kind of going through the motions here. Then I believe God says, hey, I want to restore vision. The first thing I want to do to bring hope is open your eyes. So we're going to believe those things are going to happen today. Amen? Can we do that? Can we stand right now? We're going to believe Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here right now. He is here to minister. So if that, whatever, whatever you need, I just pray, you just begin to receive right now on your own. If it's one of these things, if it's something else that God spoke to you earlier this week or during worship, Lord, we just thank you right now. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to apply the truth of the scriptures right now. We thank you for restoration. Lord, we thank you for restoring things that have been stolen. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, against spiritual barrenness, Lord. Any Anybody who's in here who just feels like there is nothing good that's coming from my life right now, Lord, we just speak a restoration of joy right now. We speak a restoration of fruitfulness. Lord, we speak a restoration of hope. Lord, open eyes this morning. Let there be eyes open to see. Lord, let there be eyes open to, to your provision, your refreshing. Lord, your presence. Lord, a symbol of your presence, the water and, and, and refreshment of the presence of God. Thank you for that right now. Lord, we just come against those words that have been spoken, Lord, over us by people in authority, those hurtful words. We break those curses in the name of Jesus, and we say they have no authority, they have no hold on our lives any longer in Jesus' name. Lord, restore dignity. Lord, where there's been shame, where there's been uncertainty, where there's been questioning, where there's been insecurity, Lord, I ask for a restoration of dignity right now. We receive that right now for those of us us lord lord we will not we will not have we will not look down lord we will lift our heads high we will lift our heads high because i'm a child of the king we are children of the king of kings we don't need to look down we can look up and we thank you for that lord in jesus name holy spirit restore our joy lord let us not go through life dry and weary lord let us not laugh at the things that you promise us let us have faith let us have have, have hope Lord, let us have vision, Lord, so that we can have a restoration of the joy of the Lord. You said the joy of the Lord is our strength, Lord. And we thank you. There's new strength as we receive the joy of the Lord. We thank you, Lord. Give us laughter. Lord, let us laugh and enjoy what you are doing in our lives. You are doing good things. We choose to believe that. We choose to say, Lord, we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see. We're going to see your hand at work. Lord, we're not looking at what not, what's not happening. We're looking at what you are doing. Great is your faithfulness, God. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Rain down upon us. Holy Spirit, rain down right now. Thank you, Lord. We give you an invitation. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and just pray. Pray on your own. Just receive. Pray in the Spirit if you can. Pray in English if you can't. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, you're welcome here, Holy Spirit. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just, I just pray that if there's anybody that we run into this week, or maybe it's not for us, maybe, maybe you're showing us that we're, we're going to run into people like this this week. Lord, we're going to run into those who don't have hope. 
We're going to run into those who've been mistreated. We're going to run into those who've lost their joy, who, who are wandering around, God, who are not really looking for anything good in their future, Lord. Let us be able to speak into those situations, Lord. We can speak life, that we can speak the truth of God. We can speak the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Lord, give us, give us eyes to see, Lord. Open our eyes that we might see those around us that are in need, Lord. That we won't, we won't ignore the Hagars in our life, Lord. We won't ignore those who've been, who've been beaten down, Lord, who are, who are trying to barely make it. They just, they just, there's things that have happened in our life that they've been powerless to avoid. Lord, we choose to come alongside them as you came alongside Hagar and say, We're, I see you, I see you and I care. I, I, there's, you're not alone. Help us, Lord, to do that. We just thank you for that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for divine appointments this week, Lord. Lord, and we just thank you for all of our mothers, Lord, whether they're living, whether they've gone on to be with you, Lord, whether there's good relationships or bad relationships, Lord, we thank you for mothers, Lord, that they'd be honored today. Lord, that you would honor them, Lord. And we thank you. We thank you for the gift that they are. Lord, thank you. Bless them today. Lord, bless them today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's just sing. Can we close with Great is Thy Faithfulness? Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, Thy hand hath provided. Great is Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Thank you, Lord. Great is Your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> We give you praise today, God. We give you praise. You are a faithful God. You're faithful God. Amen. Amen. Well, if you still need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Bless one another and have a great rest of your Mother's Day.